he can use you no matter what. This is the LifeSpring One Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. My name is Steve Webb and I'm your OG Godcaster. It's Gospel Saturday and our reading will be Acts 25 and 26. The website is lifespringmedia.com and contact information will be at the end of the show in case you want to say anything to me. Before we read, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for telling us about yourself in your word so that we can know your heart. I pray, Lord, that as we read today, you would teach us. Touch our minds, touch our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, are you ready? Let's begin. Acts chapter 25. Three days after Festus arrived in Caesarea to take over his new responsibilities, he left for Jerusalem where the leading priests and other Jewish leaders met with him and made their accusations against Paul. They asked Festus as a favor to transfer Paul to Jerusalem, planning to ambush and kill him on the way. But Festus replied that Paul was at Caesarea, and he himself would be returning there soon. So he said, Those of you in authority can return with me. If Paul has done anything wrong, you can make your accusations. About eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea, and on the following day he took his seat in court and ordered that Paul be brought in. When Paul arrived, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem gathered around and made many serious accusations they couldn't prove. Paul denied the charges, I am not guilty of any crime against the Jewish laws, or the temple, or the Roman government, he said. Then Festus, wanting to please the Jews, asked him, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there? But Paul replied, No, this is the official Roman court, so I ought to be tried right here. You know very well I'm not guilty of harming the Jews. If I've done something worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if I am innocent, no one has a right to turn me over to these men to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. Festus conferred with his advisors and then replied, Very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sister Bernice to pay their respects to Festus. During their stay of several days, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. There is a prisoner here, he told him, whose case was left for me by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the leading priests and Jewish elders pressed charges against him and asked me to condemn him. I pointed out to them that Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given an opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When his accusers came here for the trial, I didn't delay. I called the case the very next day and ordered Paul brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of the crimes I expected. Instead, it was something about their religion and a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is still alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether he would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem. But Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, so I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said, and Festus replied, You will tomorrow. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are here, this is the man whose death is demanded by all the Jews, both here and in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. 
However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I have decided to send him to Rome. But what shall I write the emperor? For there is no clear charge against him. So I have brought him here before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa, so that after we examine him, I might have something to write. For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. Acts 26 Then Agrippa said to Paul, You may speak in your defense. So Paul, gesturing with his hand, started his defense. I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense today against all these accusations made by the Jewish leaders, for I know you are an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. Now please listen to me patiently. As the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own people and in Jerusalem. If they would admit it, they know that I have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now I am on trial because of my hope in the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. In fact, that is why the twelve tribes of Israel zealously worship God night and day, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, Your Majesty, they accuse me for having this hope. Why does it seem incredible to any of you that God can raise the dead? I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, Your Majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked, and the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me, and tell them what I will show you in the future, and I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God, and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone, from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you're insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, 
for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, Whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. Then the king, the governor, Bernice, and all the others stood and left. As they went out, they talked it over and agreed. This man hasn't done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. In Paul's opening statement, he established his credentials to Agrippa and everybody else who was listening. Agrippa was a convert to Judaism and who therefore knew better than most other Roman authorities the Jewish laws and customs. Paul explains that not only is he a Jew, but that he's a highly educated Jew from a sect that is known as being very strict or conservative, as we might say today. And not only was he from such a sect, he adhered to its teachings. He then explained that he used to persecute Christians and even encouraged and participated in the execution of Christians, believing that this was a right and proper thing to do. And then Jesus stepped into his life in a way that Paul could not deny. Paul literally saw the light, and thenceforth his life was forever changed. God chose this man, among all others, to take the message of the good news to the Gentiles. What do we learn from this? We learn that it doesn't matter what your background is. God can reach down and save you, and he can use you no matter what. Paul was the least likely candidate, from man's perspective, to be the one to carry the message to the Gentiles, let alone the Jews. But God had other plans. So what are his plans for you? They're probably completely different than you could have ever imagined. One thing I can recommend you do is this. Ask the Lord to use you in whatever way he sees fit. He will take you up on your offer in some way, shape, or manner. He's always looking for willing hearts. Do you have thoughts or questions? Let me hear from you. Send a boostogram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email. Tomorrow will be Epistle Sunday and our reading will be the book of Jude. Today's episode, Psalms 146 through 148, The God Who Can Be Trusted. After the commentary, I asked this question, how have you found God to be worthy of praise? Well, in response to that, this call came in on the LifeSpring family hotline. Good morning, everyone. It's Leanne, just calling to give a word about the faithfulness of God to our lives. He has been faithful to me in so many ways. Number one, he provided me with a fabulous husband that I would not have ever dreamt I could have. And he's taking care of our family through the years. If there was a need, he always made sure it was taken care of. And he took care of our son in his deathly illness and brought him through that, gave him good doctors to make him 
have a good life again. And he is always provided in the fact that our boys have had good spouses who love their children and love them and have given them good relationships. And just the relationship that Steve and I have and in the fact that we've got this great Lifespring family and he's blessed us in so many ways. It's been amazing. And I am grateful to God for that. Have a great day, everyone. That was, of course, the lovely Lady Leanne. And yes, God has been so faithful to us. Not that we've been without struggles, of course. We've had numerous times when life got difficult, but we always knew that God was there and that He is faithful. We didn't know how He was going to provide, but He always has, and often in the most unexpected ways. One of the great lessons we have learned is that God works in the midst of our struggles, difficulties, and heartbreaks. Our Heavenly Father walks with us through those times and uses them to strengthen us, to teach us, and to bring us wisdom. He truly is worthy of praise. So thank you, sweetheart, for your call. Oh, and I know this isn't Sunday when we normally have praise reports, but this is sort of a special one that I just can't wait to share with you. Grandchild number six, granddaughter number four, was born on Thursday, September 21st at 1218 in the morning. Her name is Juliette Grace Webb, and everyone is doing well. Mommy Valerie had a much easier time with this delivery than she did with Penny. Uh, Daddy Tim actually did the delivery honors himself because the midwife didn't get there in time. And big sister Penny already loves her new little sister. I'll put some pictures on the show notes page if you'd like to see them at lifespringmedia.com slash S13E357. Everybody come join us as we all bow down before our God. We have four associate producers today. James in Norway came in with $100 and this note. Thanks for reading the Bible with me this year. I look forward to exploring your back catalog over the coming months. And that's signed James in Norway. Well, thank you, James. And thank you for being a part of the LifeSpring family. It's been fun hearing from you throughout this past season. God bless you, James. And Anonymous came in with their weekly $33.33 donation. Thank you, Anonymous. God bless you. And Jorn Rune Reitertsen came in with his monthly $20 donation. Thank you, Jorn. God bless you as well. And Michael Hayner came in with his weekly $7.77 striper donation. Thank you, Michael, and God bless you. LifespringMedia.com slash support. This is the last day to go to lifespringmedia.com slash ignite and vote for your favorite podcast for the Spark Media Ignite Fan Awards. I want to thank those of you who have already gone over there to vote. And if you have not yet voted, I'm asking you to take a minute right now to do it. Consider it a value for value time, talent or treasure donation. That's lifespringmedia.com slash ignite. That's I-G-N-I-T-E. Thank you. Tomorrow is Sunday, so we'll have a time of prayer together. So if there's something you want to praise the Lord for, or if there's anything you'd like the LifeSpring family to pray for you about, be sure to let me know so I can share it on the show. I invite your comments and your questions. Here's how to get in touch with me. Send a boostagram using a modern podcast app. 
or call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven. Or for prayer requests and praises, go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. And if you have a comment or a question for me, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com or send an email to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. The team is Sister Denise and Michael Hayner and Scott Snyder and Jason Pascal and Sister Brittany. I would not have been able to make it through the season without these guys. Thank you so much. Jason Pascal did today's show art. Thanks to James in Norway, Anonymous, Jorn Rune Reitertsen, and Michael Hayner for helping to make this episode a reality. And beloved, there would be no point to me doing the show if you weren't there. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of your life. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Vote at lifespringmedia.com slash ignite. Do it now. The LifeSpring Media family of programs are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.